0: Hello, everyone. This is Rico again, and you are listening to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is show 772. It is May 10th, 2020. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And speaking of that, today's show, I I was going to do either a guest cast or maybe a rerun or a skip week or something, uh, but uh, I decided to do a show this week. And I don't remember if I've done this before. Gosh, I, I should always look this stuff up. I always feel like I say that. Did I have done this? <laughs> Maybe I did way back, but it's been a while. But since today is Mother's Day, I thought it would be kind of fun to do a show about moms in sci-fi. You know those uh, those moms like uh, you know uh, Mama Robinson on Lost in Space, of course, Doctor Crusher. Uh, who is Wesley's mom on uh, Tng and and just a whole bunch. There's a lot of a lot of moms in sci-fi and yeah, I, I think uh, this is gonna be fun. Uh, I'm gonna try to slip in a couple of unusual choices. I kind of have a little list going. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that uh, on today's show. That's gonna be the main topic. Hope you guys enjoyed that Rick and Morty um, show last week. I, I watched the first episode of the second half of season four. Yeah, that's a lot to say or complicated. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it was super, super meta, super cool, super enjoyable. And uh, I'm glad I did that show. Great fun uh, to have Rick and Morty back. Another episode on tonight. Uh, But, um, yeah, I'll tell you what's been going on here in, you know, quarantine level. I think we're at, like, DEF CON only four maybe now. It's not quite as intense as it was. And I think people are getting kind of tired of it, of course. But uh, I'll try not to... Feel like I talked about it a lot on last week's show, and I'll try to talk about it as much this week. But it obviously kind of pervades and colors everything right now. So, uh, yeah. With all that said, uh, let's uh, do the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, folks. Uh, Again, thanks for joining me. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming, listening, however you're getting the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate that. If you ever want to contact me, that's at treksf at gmail.com. Let's get a few other little businessy things out of the way. If you want to support the show, that's over at patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi, a dollar or two a month. Thanks to those that do appreciate that uh, and whatever you guys can do I know it's a, a rough time for some people these these days totally understand that and but um, if you'd like to support the show that's the easiest and best way to do it. It, it it's very automatic very easy patreon.com forward slash trex and sci-fi and another thing I don't mention that often on the show uh, obviously there's a Facebook group uh, search for trex and sci-fi on Facebook, and you'll find it. Uh, if you ever need a direct link to it, uh, there is one on, on the main com ficom webpage where I post notes from all the podcasts. The other thing I wanted to point out specifically, two things. Um, mostly, I guess, the um, I, I use Instagram. Instagram is... M- I use it for the show. I use it for things that I'm doing, uh, when I'm traveling. Uh, but anyway, my Instagram handle name thing is, is Rico underscore D as in my last name, Dosti. So D is in dog. Uh, so Rico underscore, you know, that underscore line, not the dash, but underscore D, um, that's my Instagram uh, thing, and I'd like to get some more people following on there. I, I feel like I post some pretty fun, cool stuff, and uh, usually uh, post pictures of new collectibles I get. Definitely, the thing I've been posting a lot about that I wanted to talk about is—I think I've mentioned it—but during this time, uh, Lynn and I have been building this uh, mega block, which is very much like Legos. Uh, Enterprise, uh, the original Enterprise. Yeah, no, no bloody A, B, C, D, or E. So, we've been working on that. I guess probably it took us about three weeks of a little building each day. Uh, some I, We didn't do every day, we skipped a few days here and there, but uh, I think that was about what it took. And we finally finished it, finished it up uh, yesterday, and it's super cool. I got some pictures up on the Facebook group, I put some on Instagram. Uh, it, it's 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 a lot more cool and impressive than I thought it would be. I mean, I thought it would be neat. Uh, it's pretty big too. It's like studio scale size, just a little smaller than my master replicas Enterprise. I think maybe not even that much. Just just a smidge smaller. I'd say maybe it's about 28 inches long in length total or so. It's got a nice base. Um, we only ended up with one tiny piece missing that we could not find in the. In, it's got over 3,000 parts. There's a little collar-type piece that fits behind the main sensor dish that you actually probably can do without. I can still put the sensor dish on and all that, but I went to Mega Bloks and I and I ordered the part. I don't know how long it'll take to get it. Uh, they don't really tell you that when you do it. You you just get you get like a, you you enter the part that you're looking for the what the what the uh, kit is and what the part is and then they just say well we'll email you when we when we ship you the part. I had, uh, I had inadvertently, there were a couple of pieces we couldn't find early on and we eventually found them, but I have two orders in with Megablocks actually. The, well, the first one are, are two little parts for the base that we, we couldn't find, but we did eventually find them. And then, uh, and then this piece behind the sensor dish. So, um, and we ended up with a few leftover pieces, but not bad overall, um, in terms of pieces and, and that it's, it's, it's really fun to build. It goes together really well. Came out about four or five years ago, when it was the 50th anniversary of the original series. You can still find them online. I don't think they're in in production anymore, so you probably have to, have to search a little bit eBay or secondhand type things. Um, I think it might be Amazon. Amazon has some, but they're like Amazon secondhand sellers, kind of a you know how Amazon does that, shops and stuff set up Amazon stores and. You can search for an item but anyway it's um very cool very cool kit uh super super neat big heavy the the best little touch is probably these the they have engines that um the front of the the two nacelle engines uh will light light up uh you push you kind of press them in and there's a contact in there and they they stay lit for maybe 10 seconds not very long and you got to do each one individually. There's not an overall switch to keep them running. It's probably for the best because if, if that happened, you'd probably wear down the batteries. There is a way to pull them off, open them up, and the front pieces come off and you can replace the batteries if the batteries go. So that's nice. Uh, and considering that the kit was sitting down here in my basement for three years or whatever, uh, the you know, seems like the batteries and the lighting works pretty good still. I mean, they're just those usual little small watch batteries that it uses. A very cool item uh i've been uh i got a couple of the cool things this week i've got this this art book of of the the star wars series rebels that came in this sort of deluxe case that actually has two little crossed lightsabers on the front when you open the the top of the box the, the lightsabers light up and they even make a sound uh it's probably a little bit overboard really when you think about it i mean it's it's a cool little case and all but um the book inside is beautiful, and there's a few extra little things in there, a couple of art prints in the deluxe version besides the box and the case. I, I imagine if you can't get it now, you'll probably eventually be able to get just the book itself without all that extra stuff. Uh, so its um, But I thought the deluxe version was pretty neat. It wasn't too expensive. I had pre-ordered that months ago. And I also got this uh Robbie the robot. I should go grab him for you and, and play some of the phrases he 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 does. Hang on one second. I'm gonna you guys will be there, but I'll I'll be right back. All right, here we go. So this Robbie, let me tell you a little bit about it before I make him have his do his sounds and phrases that he does. I think he does about three or four different phrases and sounds. This is a I think it's a Walmart exclusive. I think it's only at Walmart. I actually got it off eBay because I don't want to really go into a Walmart right now. <laughs> so I got it off eBay, which cost a little more than if I'd gone into the store. I think it runs around 20, 25 in the store. And I think I spent about 40 total uh, on eBay, uh, including the shipping and stuff, which, you know, that wasn't that big of a deal, uh, you know, or too bad, really. I mean, I, I get it. And I just didn't want to go into a into a Walmart. The other thing that I noticed when I looked online at Walmart was. Uh, you can sort of see things they wouldn't. Uh, this isn't something you could order when I tried, at least off Walmart and have them ship it to you. But it looked like there was a little bit of um, at least the Walmarts around me didn't really have a lot. There was one probably like an hour away at Walmart that had some. So a uh, long story short or whatever, um, I decided to go with eBay. Got it. I really wanted it. I love Forbidden Planet. Uh, it's a classic sci-fi film. Uh, it is uh, a lot of the elements you see in especially early Star Trek are, are present in Forbidden Planet. There's a um, basically this sort of Starfleet space cruiser organization. They go to this one planet. Uh, they have, there's, you know, a captain. They have these cool little funky uniforms and little laser pistols. Very, very, the basically Forbidden Planet could have easily been like a Star Trek episode. It has If anyone, if you haven't seen Forbidden Planet, you should. If you're listening to this show and you've never seen that movie, you really should. Um and I don't know if you can really see it streaming anywhere. Maybe Amazon Prime or Hulu, possibly those kind of places or or, or just pick it up. It's probably not that expensive to get a DVD or Blu-ray even. Super great movie. Um, really interesting to uh, story. But the one of the best parts about it is that this introduced Robbie the Robot uh, and R-O-B-B-Y. Uh, and he's this black, imposing, very cool robot uh to me I've always loved robots. I love the robot on Lost in Space. Uh of course the droids in Star Wars, the the little Huey Dewey and Louie uh, droids from uh Silent Running, all that stuff, mechanical little helpers. And and then we've we've gone all the way to the point of uh you know robots these days and stuff like uh that you see in like the new version of Battlestar Galactica uh, other other shows throughout uh recent sci-fi you know where you have very human like robots um the the characters you know like the terminator you know all that stuff so uh, good good things good stuff uh, but um so this guy stands about i think he's about a foot tall maybe a little bit more uh they put out a few different robbies over the years i've got this bigger one uh that's maybe 20 inches or so that was sort of a, a you had to build it and paint it a little bit um that i got years ago probably 20 years i think it was i would I would say it was out in the late 90s early 2000s i got it off of uh, i think i i don't know if it was ebay or or a hobby shop nearby uh i think masudo or something is the name of the company that put those out uh you can still find those. The one I'm talking about, the bigger Robbie on on eBay. They usually now I see him for like four or five hundred. I think when I got it at the time, I don't think it was even two hundred. Uh, but uh, very cool. Anyway, so this newest one though, there was some Robbies done a, cu- a few years ago or maybe ten now um, that were smaller than this. This this is probably to me one of the best deals. Or if you if you like Robbie, this is a very detailed piece. He walks, he talks, he lights up. Uh, so here, let me play some of uh, Robbie's phrases for you. For your convenience, I am monitored to respond to the name Robbie. That might be a little low. I'll, I'll boost it up in, uh, in post. Uh, here's another one. Just music.
1: to respond to the name Robbie
0: yeah I think the sound uh quality the sound quality and the level the level is actually really loud you might not notice that or you know think that in the on the um, podcast microphone and all but it's really good he lights up there's some YouTube videos some people have done some modifications on this I might attempt um, one of the things that they've changed is there's a little wire configuration inside. If you change it a little bit, when you turn him on and have him walk, he'll also talk and light up at the same time. And for some people that they, they think that he should just be, he shouldn't be doing both at the same time. He should walk only or talk only. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I kind of feel like walking and talking. Robbie should be able to do that. Uh, but, uh, but I get it. Uh, there's a few other, they've uh, opened up the dome and, and given the, the paint a little bit better detail. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to get that dome off, you know, his, his top, but, uh, I might play around with that a bit. What I, what I'd probably like to do is leave one like this, you know, factory made and, and get another one sometime. Maybe when I, I feel like going into a Walmart, they'll still be around, Um, I think there's also another robot out there, Iron Giant, I think right now at Walmart. So, so check your Walmarts. If you're a fan of Robbie, if you're a fan of, um, a forbidden planet, uh, this is a great piece. Super happy. I I picked it up, uh, off eBay and you know, it'll, it probably will still be at, at, uh, Walmarts for a while, depending on where you live, either Walmart in your area and all. But, uh, yeah, so, um, those are some of my recent acquisitions. I have um a couple other things coming soon. Uh, i uh, I've been picking up a lot of these movie art books uh, from uh, recent films that I've liked. I, I've got some from the st- recent Star Wars movies. I got one from Ready Player One. Uh, I've also been reading more comic collections right uh, lately because of um of course, new comics aren't – there's a few digital comics coming out from D.C., but nothing really new printed uh, for a while now. But um, so anyway, so that's the situation there. Um, yeah, so, and uh, I've been watching my normal uh, television stuff uh, and movies. Uh, seasons are kind of winding down. I think we've got the final episode of of The Flash this week. There's still a few more. I think a Supergirl, Batwoman uh, DC Le- Legends of Tomorrow still got a few episodes left, maybe not even a few, maybe only a couple. I watched Riverdale with Archie and them that that finished up its season. You know, a lot of these shows got cut short because of the virus, and it, it, it's sort of weird how they're ending some of them. Like I, you could tell, I feel like you could kind of tell with with Riverdale, with the Archie show that they wanted to do a little bit more this season. I think they ended at like episode 18. And usually they go to like 20 or 21. I think they got cut short every, all of them got cut short a couple of episodes at least. Now, I'm hearing different things. Like some of these shows will pick up, you know, and sort of finish the whatever the story threads are and storylines are when they do the new season, or they may just tack on a couple of episodes and then that'll be part of the last season. I don't know. It's all confusing, really, in a way. It's, it's weird. It's too bad. Um, you know most of these tv shows that i watch are are these arc type shows they're not like tng used to be where it was mostly single episodes so they get themselves into a little bit of a situation where when stuff like this happens you can't really just sort of well go okay we're stopping we're going to finish this episode and then we're going to be done um and they're not uh, like a talk show, or even Saturday Night Live has been trying to do these remote shows. There's no way to do these shows and not, <laughs> you know, not have people together in the same room. It would be weird. Although I swear that I noticed um, one of the recent, the the most recent, I think, Supergirl episodes, which was a lot about Lex Luthor um, and his plans and his in the way he was doing things. I swear that episode looked like it was sort of done with this in mind because of there's not a lot of it's a lot of flashback stuff. There's a lot of flashbacks and other things going on. So it's it's a little bit of a weird episode. It doesn't feature Supergirl a lot, truthfully, um, but I, it was very much seemed seem to me if it would have been the last episode of the season, I would have said, OK, that makes sense. They tried to do something here. Uh, with with the limited, um, filming that they could do and, and whatever. But, um, but yeah, I'm hoping that everything gets back to normal, that we get, you know, Lynn, uh, my wife is, is excited because they're bringing NASCAR back next weekend. I, I think we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, oh, I watched a, um, pretty good movie last night a good one i enjoyed it a lot it um it just came out uh it's a justice league dark apocalypse or apocalypse war i forget the exact name of it. it it's the latest of the dc animated movies uh it is a story about basically the justice league and all of the various justice league extended family members i'll call them uh fighting dark side um and uh, on on it, Oh, I don't want to say too much. It's it's really good though. I really like this one a lot. Uh, there there's some pretty bad stuff that happens to the Justice League in this movie. Uh, it's 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 also a, a one of there's a group of the DC animated movies that end up being what I call a little more adult. Um, there's a little bit more language in this. There, there's even some sexual like nothing obviously heavy but there's a little bit of a little a little more of that kind of stuff than um and even that's pretty pretty mild the language is probably the biggest thing um i think they dropped the f-bomb a couple times in it if i remember right so uh but hey so does so does picard now right so which is fine i mean that's it's fine i i don't i really don't have that much trouble with the language in shows these days i mean it's I think about it like this. If if television for for decades had not had a language restriction, you know, they were able to put warnings up and just do whatever they want. No one would be basically reacting because everyone would have always done. This is how a lot of people. This is how people talk, whether they you know, people feel like in the future in Star Trek that we will evolve to or I don't even know if you can say the word evolve, uh, but that 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 we will go past using using. You know you know curse words and stuff. I, I don't really quite buy that. I think that's always going to happen. I think I think the trick is to use them carefully, judiciously that you know you don't you don't have uh, you don't have them you know f, f this, f that all uh, every five seconds, right? Um, I think you have to be a little careful about that. Um, then it just becomes ridiculous. I, I, uh, the thing that always comes to mind to me there was this kid, in my neighborhood growing up, as probably when I was about twelve, maybe, uh, who just cursed like like every other word out of his mouth, and I'd never met anyone like that at that time. I, I'd never met anybody that talked like that. Even my parents, you know, uh, my father passed away when I was when I was about ten, but you know, my mother eventually got remarried and so on. But the um, even even they never really cursed, you know. I, I and it's not not something that I really do uh, that, that often, uh, certainly for a long time, I never did. And probably only, only now, only when I get, you know, pretty upset and it's usually when I'm in my car driving in traffic. Uh, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, oh, I was talking about the justice league movie, the animated movie. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. If you like those films, uh, definitely a, a one of the, one of the better ones, in my opinion, uh, I liked it like the anima- animation, the voice work er- everything. There's a lot of, uh, one little last thing I'll say about that movie. There's a lot of Constantine in it. Uh, and he's played by Matt Ryan who plays Constantine on, on television, the live action, who is on, the uh, the, um, DC legends of tomorrow show right now. So I really like his take on Constantine. I like his voice. I like, uh, the way he, um, the way he just acts uh, the part. I think he's a really good Constantine. He's quite a bit different than the comic version. I think he's a fair amount different, but I I think it works still. And I have not really been a huge follower of Constantine in comics. I mean, I see him now and then. I'm trying to read some Hellblazer books right now, but uh, it's not been something that I've um, followed super carefully. So I don't have a real predisposed, you know, feeling for it. All right. We are at about the 22-ish minute mark I, I think what I'm going to do is um Vartok sent in uh some music uh, about Star Wars. We had May the 4th this past week. Uh He sent in some Mandalorian uh, music uh, on a segment that he made. I forget how long it is, eight or nine minutes long. Um, but I'm going to slide that in here on the show. Thanks, Vartok, for that. I'm going to slide that in. And when I come back, we're going to uh, I'll, I'll be about a half hour into the show then. So we'll be, I have probably about 30 minutes of moms in sci-fi. Yes. There's a lot of moms in sci-fi and I want to cover them, uh, go through quite a few quickly. And, uh, so, uh, be back after Vartok's music segment, uh, on the Mandalorian. Uh, and I'll be back, uh, soon. Bye. Or not bye, just until I come back. Right. All right. Talk to you soon.
1: everyone, this is Bartok again, with another Tricks in Sci-Fi music moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about track number 9, titled The Mandalorian, from episode 1 of the Disney Plus science fiction series. The Mandalorian, also known as Star Wars The Mandalorian, is an American space western web television series created by Jon Favreau. It is the first live-action series in the Star Wars franchise, after the release of a number of animated series. After the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set five years after the fall of the Empire, and before the emergence of the First Order. The series depicts a lonely bounty hunter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Music for The Mandalorian, Season 1, was composed by 35-year-old Swedish composer, conductor, and record producer Ludwig Jörgensen, who was born on September 1, 1984. He apparently was destined to become a composer since he was named after Ludwig von Beethoven. Growing up, Ludwig once saw his father, Tomas, a guitar teacher, who's in the cover band Chuck Berry Mania, rocking out to Metallica. He said the moment stuck with him. He began music lessons at an early age and went on to graduate from the Stockholm Royal College of Music. In 2007, he emigrated to Los Angeles as a graduate student to attend the University of Southern California, enrolling in the Scoring for Motion Picture and Television program. Ludwig is multi-talented and can play piano, organ, synthesizer, guitar, and provide vocals. It was at USC that Ludwig met American film director, producer, and screenwriter Ryan Kugler. Ludwig composed music for the award winning short film Fig in 2011, which Kugler directed while at USC. The two would eventually work together on Fruitvale Station, Creed, and Black Panther. Soon after leaving USC, he began work assisting composer Theodore Shapiro, known for films such as The Devil Wears Prada, Idiocracy. Anthropic Thunder, to name a few. Jorensen is also a record producer. In 2010, comedian, writer, producer, and DJ, Donald Glover Jr., approached Jorensen about his side project, Childish Gambino, when the two were working on the set of the TV series Community. Since then, they have released three albums, Camp, Because the Internet, and Awaken My Love. Jorensen served as producer and writer every song on the album Awaken My Love, inspired by Parliament Funkadelic and the Black Power Music of the 70s. In November, they earned four Grammy nominations for their work. In 2012, Jorensen produced the band Hyam's debut album and helped establish the band with a brand new sound with the song Forever. In May 2018, This Is America was released. Produced by Donald Glover and Ludwig Jorensen, the song features a gospel-style choir and background contributions from various American rappers. This Is America debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. The song won in all four of its nominated categories at the 61st Annual Grammy Awards for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Rap Song Performance, and Best Music Video. In 2019, Ludwig was tapped by director Jon Favreau to compose the music for all eight episodes of The Mandalorian, after hearing high praise from Ryan Coogler. Favreau noted, I was looking for something that was a little grittier, a little edgier, and a little more tech-oriented, something that felt half-tech, half-classic. It was quite impressive how Jorensen was able to incorporate everything that I was concerned with and then bring his own personality to make it extremely catchy and iconic and have all the quality and breadth of a Star Wars score. From a November 2019 LA Times interview, Ludwig noted, For any film composer, Star Wars is the holy grail of film music, because it's the most well-known music, period. The way I approached it was to try something completely different, the loneliness of a single solo flute. The bass recorder became the sound of the Mandalorian. That's how I started. I wanted the core soul to be organic. Then I wanted to add text sound to it. And I also wanted to add on a cinematic orchestra, which makes it feel like Star Wars. Now although there are several tracks I would have liked to play played for you now, I know you fanboys and fangirls would be disappointed if I didn't play the namesake track called The Mandalorian, with its use of the bass recorder as a distinctive opening sound. Last year in 2019, Jorensen's film score for Marvel's Black Panther won the Academy Award for Best Original Score. So we can hope to continue to hear more about Ludwig Jorensen for years to come. I know I am looking forward to hearing more of his scores. You can purchase all eight albums to The Mandalorian on iTunes, one for each episode for $8.99 each. Ludwig Jorensen married American violinist Serena McKinney in 2018 and their son Apollo was born just last year. Gee, I guess Apollo is destined to become a boxer? Uh, But then Apollo was also the Greek god of music. The Mandalorian Season 2 is currently scheduled for release in October of this year. Production on the show has finished, and the Lucasfilm effects wizards are now presumably completing the show. Well, I hope you enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment, and now back to you, Rico
0: all right thanks Vartok for, for that music from the Mandalorian uh, a lot of things coming out about the Mandalorian lately uh we're uh, supposedly going to get Boba Fett in it we're going to get uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, a, a live action version of Ahsoka uh, Boba Fett's going to be back uh, yeah so in season two which the I thought that they basically finished filming season two although I guess these announcements could be coming out after filming all this stuff who knows I don't know the uh, Ahsoka one's, I think, pretty confirmed, uh, The uh, which, uh, and by the way, Clone Wars ended this past week uh, on May the 4th and was very, very good, uh, really cool last episode, great series. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's going on in the, in the world of Star Wars. Oh, uh, uh, they did announce another Star Wars movie, or uh, <laughs> a new movie with... Uh, the guy who uh, directed, and I can't pronounce this guy's name, Takiki Taki, Taki, Watiti, whatever, <laughs> that's terrible. That's not even close. He directed Thor Ragnarok, which is which is probably, to me, the best Thor movie of the Thor uh, individual films. And he he did this movie, Jojo Rabbit, uh, so they're giving him a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, I think he's great. Uh, I think he's really good at mixing a little bit of comedy in with drama, uh and and star wars has always had that uh so i think that's a that's a good fit really truthfully and hopefully they'll give um some creative flexibility to these people i i think you know they've never really even even rogue one even the solo movie you think about this in in star wars started in you know in theaters in 77 so what is that now 43 years ago basically and we've never really had a non-sort-of movie outside of the basic story of the Skywalkers. Even Rogue One involved that. Uh, it was probably the furthest away from them. Uh, but um, it was still connected to the story. So I, I think, it, you know, if whatever they do with these movies, if they're completely outside of the known stuff that we've, we've always dealt with with Star Wars, whether they're set... Um, in the distant past or in the future from after that happens, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, you know, far f- from that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I truly doubt where we've seen the last of Rey, uh, of Poe and Finn. I, I, I have a feeling that if I was running the franchise, I would let five or ten years go by, uh, let them age up a little bit and, and then rejoin those people with like episodes Maybe not make it episodes, you know, 10, 11, and 12. Well, I, I think that they could start a new saga uh, with a new threat. Maybe Rey has restarted the Jedi Order. You know, a lot a lot of things could be possible there. But I think for the next few years, uh, we'll get other movies, other trilogies possibly, or just other standalone movies. And it'll be good for them to explore beyond that. Because I, I, I think the more they, they do something completely new and unique... The less the you know, some of the fan base out there will complain about it. But all right, let's get into what I need to talk about. Though <laughs> we're way into the show and I've barely hit the main subject yet. So st- uh, not Star Wars, sorry. Although there are some moms in Star Wars, we'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a couple minutes. But I want to start with Star Trek because Beverly Crutcher is to me, you know, one of the one of the first names that pops into my mind when when um, you think about moms in in sci-fi. For one, she's she's basically you know the only one we ever got right. I mean, Kate Mulgrew in, in Voyager was kind of a, in a way a mother figure to Seven of Nine in and that show, um, but you know, and we had a good father role figure in in Cisco in Deep Space Nine, but but a true mom in in Trek has been pretty pretty limited, and 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 Beverly Crusher I think is the is the biggest one right that we've ever. We've ever seen. I mean, you know, Cisco had a wife, and and eventually Cassidy Yates came around. But, um, but Beverly Crusher with Wesley as her son being on TNG when they introduced this concept of families would be uh, part of the the makeup of the crew and and, and, the, and the characters, and and they had Wesley there, and of course Wesley gets picked on a lot. You know, shut up Wesley and all that. But, uh, but I think um, I I do think that that was a good relationship. I thought it was really you know we've got. A situation there where she had lost her husband uh, under Picard's command. You know the 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 um, the whole situation with being a single mom. I think it was was very identifiable, obviously, to a lot of people. I was trying to I was searching through YouTube um, a little bit trying to find some good clips. It's a little tricky to find them, uh, but I, here's one I found. It's only about a minute. Um, this is actually a deleted scene clip from Star Trek Nemesis. Not a great movie, but. Uh, the wedding scene at the beginning with Riker and troy i think was good and they they ended up cutting a wesley scene wesley shows up is at the wedding and there's a nice little scene with him there with with um beverly and picard talking briefly uh so listen to this and I'll, i'll be back after this clip
1: Sort of like losing a son and gaining an empath, isn't it? You're being a big help. Listen, if you start tearing up, I promise I'll beam you out immediately. Thank you. Mom. Captain. Wesley, it's good to see you in uniform again. Thank you, sir.
0: Suits him, doesn't it?
1: You're looking forward to serving on the Titan? I am very much. I have the night duty shift in engineering and we have a double refracting warp core matrix with twin intermix chambers would you excuse me for a moment i'll see you later
0: yeah that's a nice little scene there uh again i think wesley takes a lot of heat and uh this is about moms and sci-fi for mother's day but uh yeah dr crusher good good example of a good mom there was a, I was gonna play this other clip just because it's sort of funny. I forget the 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 reason behind what's going on in this episode, but there's an episode where where Doctor Crusher Beverly loses it with with Wesley, calls him in to, to see her, and then and then he missed something, some little event at on uh, a concert or something on the ship, and she smacks him. You know, she slaps him. <laughs> and goes to Troy later and says like, "I slapped my son. I've never slapped my son." But uh, I don't need to play that and, and, and she was under some weird alien influence. I can't remember again what, what the cause of that episode or weirdness that was going on there. Um, but yeah, Beverly, great uh, great example. I, I think a lot of people are hopeful that we see Beverly in um, Picard in season two. I, I, I hope we do. There was this, this you know, uh, obviously the sort of romantic uh, thing going on with her and Picard a bit, especially towards the end of TNG would they have ended up ever together completely? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. They've explored that in some of the novels. I I, I like them together a little bit, but I also feel like, I feel like they had, they had been such good friends for a long time. You know, that, that I think it's an, I think it's a little bit interesting and maybe a little bit strange when you're, you're that like a, you have a, female if you're a guy if you have a female friend or your woman have a male friend and you your friends for just years and years and years and for it to get romantic after that point I, I don't know it's always seems a little contrived somewhat to me I don't, I don't know how much that ever really happens I guess it does it certainly does in real life but um, but uh, yeah we'll see if she shows up in Picard and he's obviously not with her uh, he, she wasn't living with him in France, uh, you know, on, at his vineyard. So, uh, they're not, uh, you know, were they together for some period of time? And then they're, now they're not, uh, but I, 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 do hope that they connect up in some way that they meet up and have some, uh, resolution or talk about what, what's been going on with, with Beverly and all. So, uh, I'd like to see all of the characters slide in, but I do appreciate the fact that Picard in season one, you know, the characters they did bring in had some, something they needed to do they weren't just a quick like waving walk by um they were they were kind of integral to the story so i do like that all right let's move on to a couple of other uh, in um more older shows uh, a couple of classic uh maureen robinson from uh lost in space now they've got a new version of lost in space uh on netflix which is fantastic uh, and, and there's all the characters have been, of course, recast from the you know, they're not the sixties characters and the show is quite a bit different than the sixties shows. But I think the character Maureen, Maureen Robinson, a lost in space is a great, great example of a good mom, you know, sci-fi mom, space mom, uh, a scientist. I, I like the fact that they've really in the new series, they didn't do it as much in the original series. Uh, but in the new series, you know, she's, she's really powerful running things she's a scientist she's super smart but she is also a mom and concerned about her family too and basically will do anything to 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 help them to to make them all you know not die because that happens about every episode but uh but yeah maureen robinson in lost in space another great um mom in sci-fi so let me see i'll find you a clip here of maureen uh, either from the new Lost in Space or from, from the 60s show. Hang on. Oh, come on! This is both cruel and
1: unusual! Do you have any influence over them? I try not to abuse my power. <sighs> this was your top secret project? Mm-hmm.
0: It was you getting a tree from a lot in Glendale.
1: <sighs> this is the going lost from the shore. Kind of reminds me of Do You Know Who. Huh? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little. Happy holidays, everybody! Hey! You
0: look different. Yeah, he finally showered. <laughs> oh, smell good for Santa. Can we open presents? Yes. I want to go first, I want to go first. Okay, you guys, this right here is my very last bottle of whiskey. I want you to have it in case of an emergency.
1: We haven't had one of those in a while. We have to wait that long.
0: Hey, Will. Merry Christmas, buddy. Thanks, Dad. Let's do this! Come on! (laughs) It's time you learned how to drive. I couldn't exactly wrap the chariot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, buddy! Um, you don't
0: actually need the key to drive, or lessons, or permission. Yeah. So that's, uh, not, not the best clip of, of that's Molly Parker plays Maureen Robinson, on lost in space. They did a little episode where they, they had Christmas in space. Uh, but she's great. Uh, Molly Parker, Maureen Robinson, uh, uh, you know, really, and June Lockhart who played Maureen Robinson, the original series, a fantastic example of a great mom and, uh, both of them, uh, you know, great, happy mother's day to them. So, uh, now let's move on to another mom uh this one a little bit different i thought but it comes to mind always for me because of how protective she is uh would be sarah connor sarah connor from the terminator television show the terminator uh, uh sarah connor chronicles that they did uh they explored her character a lot there and also in the movies of course played by linda hamilton uh, you know, the, the kind of stuff that, that Sarah Connor goes through Sarah Connor. I got, I got to do the voice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Connor here. Uh, but anyway, um, where's Chris when I need him? So it's, uh, but she's, she's another great mom example. I mean, what she, what she's trying to do to protect her, you know, in the very first Germany movie, her unborn son, but, but later her, her son, her teenage son, uh, which you see in the in, in Terminator Two, um, she she goes through hell basically to uh to protect her, her her little boy or not so little boy at that point. But uh, so let me see if I can find a little bit of uh, Linda Hamilton playing Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. Mommy.
1: Come with me if you want to live. It's okay, mom. He's here to help. It's okay. No!
0: Yeah. So there you don't get a lot of uh, Sarah Connor as a mom, but uh, I mean, her actions uh, uh, speak uh, <laughs> volumes. Right. So uh, and uh, the, the coolest thing about it, I, I got to watch T2 again, Terminator 2, the coolest t- twist on that that I love is, you know, the Terminator being now, you know, her enemy in the first movie, but now her, her kind of in a way her her savior and working with the, her son to, to get her out of that little crazy asylum place she's at and it's just a, a great great movie moment there where this guy that was trying to kill her in the first film you know other this 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 terminator is is now saving her but uh, all right let's move on to star wars princess leia of course uh, is uh, you know we don't unfortunately we don't really get to see her much as a mom in a way although she's sort of a mom to the rebellion later especially when she gets older um but in um the Force Awakens, you get a little bit of a sense of it, uh, and you know she, they, you know, of course, her and Han had the, the, their son Ben, or Kylo Ren, uh, and you know, I hope this isn't spoilers anymore or anything, but everybody knows how this all turns out, or if people wanted to know, they should know by now how it all goes. But uh, but I I have the feeling that you know that that Princess Leia and she would have been a, or was a great mother to to Ben. Uh, but of course, being seduced to the dark side and all that jazz in Star Wars is, brings its own problems. But what, what I like about this—I'm going to play this little scene here from uh, *The Force Awakens* for you. That I like about this is she sort of recognizes that um, that that maybe uh, while while Luke, you know, kind of lost lost Ben, in, you know, to the dark side, uh, but but she sends Han. Basically, you know, she thinks that. His father, they think he. She thinks that Han can get through to Kylo, and eventually, I think truthfully, especially the scene they have in the last film, uh, Leia understands her son and understands that Han actually could probably maybe you know, in a way, get through to him uh, maybe more than she can or certainly can help. And and she definitely gets through to him as well in the the last movie through the Force. So, um, but here is a little clip of uh, The Force Awakens, a little bit of a scene with uh, Han and Leia talking about Ben.
1: Princesses. I'm trying to be helpful. When did that ever help? Don't say the Death Star. We lost our son. Forever. No way. It was Snoke. He seduced our son to the dark side. But we can still save him. Me. You. If Luke couldn't reach him, how could I?
0: Luke is a Jedi. You're his father. There's still light in him. I know it. General. The First Order. They're charging the weapon again now. Yeah, that's a pretty quick quick scene there with uh, General Leia Organa, but uh, it was kind of edited a little bit down. The um, person had put up uh, basically best Princess Leia moments on YouTube and included a, a little bit of uh, stuff there between Han and Leia about Ben. And uh, so that's another great mom in sci-fi. Here, here's another one, and this one that came to mind for me not a traditional mom in a way, uh, but I, I love the the film franchise. I love the character. I love the actress. Uh, but Sigourney Weaver as Ripley uh, was definitely a mom to to uh, well, even in the first film, I feel like kind of played the you know a little bit of a mom role. But definitely in Aliens, when when um, she finds uh, the little girl Newt, uh, and in the the final scene, uh, you know she goes back to to save Newt. Is is a classic, uh, a classic scene in, in sci-fi history. There's a little language in this clip. You guys probably all know what I'm going to p- uh, play here, but uh, it, 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 you know, Rip Ripley is is uh, a great character and and a, and a great mom, uh, definitely in this scene. Uh, you know, Newt, uh, this 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 little girl that she finds is not even her daughter, but she'll she'll do anything to 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 save her to rescue her. And, and puts her own life on the line. So, uh, yeah, here's a here's a clip from Aliens uh, with um, with Ripley.
1: From her, you bitch!
0: Yeah, so there you see a little bit of uh, Ripley in her mama role as uh, protector of Newt in her her big suit and uh, fighting the mama alien. Uh, Mama alien just trying to protect, you know, and have her babies, too. So, you know, you kind of see that. Uh, All right, next one, another kind of a little bit of an unusual situation or one. But uh, for Game of Thrones fans, how can you not talk about... um, When you're talking about moms and Mother's Day, uh, even though she went a little wonky at the very end, (laughs) Daenerys Targaryen, the mother of dragons. Uh, This, um, for those that don't know Game of Thrones, is a little difficult to explain, but I've got a clip here that might help a little bit. But she doesn't really have end end up having real children. But her children essentially are these dragons, these dragon eggs that she raises, and they basically will do anything for her and protect her, and she protects them in the beginning. And uh, but Daenerys is, uh, you know, the, I think practically every episode she was in, somebody called her Mother of Dragons. So uh, you gotta talk about uh, moms in sci-fi and fantasy. You gotta talk about Daenerys Targaryen, the Mother of Dragons.
1: I saw a girl
0: step into a great fire with three stone eggs. When the fire burned out, I thought I'd find her blackened bones. Instead, I saw her. Daenerys. Alive and unhurt. Holding her baby dragons. Daenerys Stormborn is the one who was promised. From the fire, she was reborn to remake the world. How can I rule seven kingdoms? Why should anyone trust me? I
1: believe in you. Why should anyone follow me? You're a Targaryen. You're the
0: mother of dragons.
1: I need to be more than that. I fought so that no
0: child born into Slaver's Bay would ever know what it meant to be bought or sold. I will continue that fight here and beyond. But this is not my home. What do
1: you pray for, Ser Home.
0: I pray for... Okay. Well, uh, slowly winding this down a little bit. I, that was, uh, again with about Daenerys mother of dragons from game of Thrones. I, I wanted to talk about, we'll just do one more. This is of course just a quickie list of moms in sci-fi and fantasy. Not, uh, not at all, all encompassing by any means, the ones that pop into my mind. Uh, but, uh, I got to talk about to Molly Weasley from the Harry Potter series, you know, uh, a, a great character, great mom. Um, Ron's mom, and uh, you know, there's a there's a great uh, clip here that I'm going to play for you. This is near the um, near the end of the series when Molly Weasley is fighting Bellatrix, uh, and yeah, I think it just shows a little bit about her character. And uh, the the Weasley is a great family in in the Harry Potter series and uh molly weasley don't mess with her if you come at her kids <laughs> so watch this or let li- not watch listen to this and we'll come back or i'll come back and wrap up the show not my daughter you bitch. <laughs> 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 Yeah, there you go. Uh, Bellatrix, uh, you're in trouble and you're gone. So (laughs) if you haven't, if you don't know that, you know, that that movie's been out and that book's been out for more than a decade, I think, easily. Yeah, 10 years or more so. All right. So there is a quick Mother's Day uh, roundup of moms in sci-fi and fantasy. And, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, everybody loves their moms and, and they they'll do anything for their kids. And, uh, but again, I thought it was a fun thing to do for today, um, on Mother's Day. So thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys are all staying safe and, and, you know, under your, whatever level of confinement you're doing, wherever you happen to be, uh, do the best you can with that. I, I hope everybody's okay. Um. Uh, the biggest, biggest thing I say every day that I get up and to Lynn and to my family and friends is that if we're all still healthy, that's the, that's the only thing that matters. I don't care if my hair is growing down to my, <laughs> my waist and, and, uh, and so forth. So I, you know, whatever we're, we can all put up with all these other little things. I I keep seeing posts of people saying, you know, you think you had it rough, you know, back in my time, kitty kids and people or whatever. I mean, it, it's, if this is just for a few months of time and and I think we'll all survive, you know, the, the best we can and and uh, it just uh, stay safe. Be careful. Um, you can't be careful enough. I don't think right now. Try not to try not to uh, do anything you don't need to do, I guess, is the way I look at it. Uh, but um, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to Treks and Sci-Fi this week. Uh, next week should be a guest cast. Hopefully I'm, I'm trying to get Mark to do another classic sci-fi film. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with, uh, with another show uh, for all of you. I think actually I'm going to do a vidcast towards the end of this month, I think. Um, yeah, I think that will be in two weeks. I think that's Memorial Day weekend in two weeks. Gosh, it is. So yeah, I'm going to do a, a vidcast that weekend, I think. So uh, that should be fun. I think I'm going to cover uh, what's, what's coming in movies whenever movie theaters get back going. Uh, towards the end of the year fall and the end of the year we'll kind of preview the upcoming movies which I normally would be doing an upcoming summer movie preview but I guess we're going to do an upcoming fall fall to winter movie preview uh, I think that's what I'm going to talk about uh, on the Memorial Day vidcast so take care folks uh, I'll talk to you again soon bye